0: we are looking at some of the key uh, foundations, principles of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live the Christian life. And so today we are looking at repentance and faith. And if you've got a Bible, you can turn it to Luke chapter 5 from verse 27, but don't worry too much, the words will be on the screen if you haven't bought a Bible today. If you've become a Christian over the the last few months or or maybe the last few years, um, you may have said to a friend, um, I've become a Christian. And they might look at you with a kind of confused response. Maybe they say, but you already are, you're British. Well, you already are, you are, from this West African nation, or you already are, you're Ethiopian, or, or do, do you not just mean you're trying to live a better life? Or maybe you're from a, a different religious background, and someone might say to you, well, how did you convert? And you might reply, well, I did an Alpha course, or um, I met some Christians, and I started to get to know them, and started to meet with them. But really, conversion, how we start our journey in becoming a Christian, is focused on what we're looking at this morning. Repentance and faith. Wayne Grudem, the uh, Bible teacher, says, "'Conversion is our willing response to the gospel call "'in which we sincerely repent of sins "'and place our trust, faith, in Jesus for salvation.'" So, I have four points this morning. Repentance and faith belong together. Repentance and faith are for all of life. Repentance and faith highlight how we think of God, and repentance and faith are powerful. Not very snappy points, I know, but it's been a long week. <laughs> so, Luke chapter 5, from verse 27. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, here in this passage, we have a picture of repentance and faith. See, Levi's response we see here. It's not how I used to see it when I was growing up and saw this response and saw Jesus coming up to Levi here, sat here and and Jesus said follow me and Levi in some kind of trance hypnotic uh, state kind of goes yes I'll follow you yes. Uh, It's not like that. See Levi was a tax collector we're told in some of the other Gospels that his name is Matthew And uh, he would be working with, working for the Roman authorities, collecting a type of tax. The Roman authorities were not well liked. They were the invaders. They were there um, ruling uh, this land, ruling Israel um, uh, through force. And the tax collectors working on their behalf wouldn't have been well liked either. And there's lots of corruption in tax-collecting as well at the time. If you uh, were a tax collector at the time, you would most likely line your pockets with a bit of that tax. So not ever, not, not only is he helping out this invading Roman, Roman authority, he is taking money, potentially, for himself. But he chooses to leave his life behind and follow and hang around with Jesus. See, we we see him choosing to turn from his old life and put his trust in Jesus instead. Repentance and faith, they're both here in this passage. See, for Levi, it's a realisation that following Jesus, leaving his old life and following Jesus instead is a better way than what he's experiencing now. See, repentance, it sounds a kind of of old stuffy word, but it just means to turn, to turn around, to have a change of heart, to have a change of mind. I was going this way, but I repent. I'm having a change of mind, a change of heart, I'm going this way. Actions will likely follow, but it's mainly a change of mind. And faith, putting your trust in something. And in this case, in the case of the Christian faith, in someone. But you see, some Christians have tried to separate out the two and, and said, they said, you know, you, you can put your faith in Jesus at first, that's fine, but it, it, later on, um, you'll have to turn from your sin um, if you really want to live a fulfilled Christian life. They say, you know, you can receive Jesus as saviour, but, um, if you really want to live the fulfilled Christian life, later on you'll have to receive him as Lord. You'll have to repent. But the Bible doesn't split them apart. So we get Paul saying things like Acts chapter 20, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And Peter in Acts 2, he says, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So repentance, turning, but also a trust of faith that he forgives. Repentance and faith. Actually, you can't. One can't occur without the other. They're part of the same action. And I have an illustration to uh, do show this, and I, I don't claim this is my own illustration. Uh, I'm going to need a, a, a helper, Mike. You look a helpful helper to be Jesus. Sorry. Will you just come and stand here? Wait, is that okay? It's too late now, isn't it? Okay, so Mike is Jesus. And Jesus is holding out his arm, saying, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. <laughs> and here's me. <laughs> here's me. And I'm hearing this call to Jesus, but you know, here's me. I'm 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 carrying my sin. I've got my sin. And what have I got in here? I've got. I've got lying. I've got greed. I've got pride. I'm here carrying my sin. Jesus has called to me is to come to me. But what, I, I, I'm carrying my sin. I, 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 but what I've got to do is I've got to repent. I've got to put my sin down. I've got to say, no, no, I'm turning. I'm turning, and I'm turning to Jesus. I can embrace Jesus now because I'm turning from my sin to embrace Jesus. Now, am I saying you have to be... Thank you, Mike. That's great. Thank you. Am I saying that you have to be perfect in order to accept Jesus? No, I'm not. I'm not saying... you. Yeah. I'm not saying you you have to kind of get your life sorted, remove all the sin before you can turn to Jesus. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is because, remember, it's a change of heart. It's a change of mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm turning away from that so I can embrace Jesus. And so when Jesus says, I've come for the righteous... Uh, sorry, I've not come for the righteous, um, but for sinners. He's not saying, do you know, there's two groups in this world. There's, there's the righteous ones that are really good and well behaved and then there's sinners who do really bad things. He's not saying that. And he's not saying, and I'm coming for the sinners because I want to bring them up to a level where you guys are. That's not what he's saying when he says that. He says, do you know, you think you're so righteous. You think you can judge others, but you've missed the point. Everyone is in need rescue no one has lived how they were meant to live Jesus is saying and that's what I'm here to do I'm here to rescue so the Christian life starts at that moment when you choose to turn away from living for yourself and to trust in Jesus at that moment heaven rejoices heaven comes as we were singing the joy of heaven at this one person turning to Jesus, heaven rejoices, heaven comes. Your sin, the punishment for your sin, is dealt with forever. And eternal life begins now. It's wonderful. As you repent, I'm, changing my, I'm having a change of heart, a change of mind, and turn to Jesus. But the rest of your life will be lived out in repentance and faith because uncontroversially and blindingly obvious Christians still sin we do the Apostle John in his first letter uh, says uh, in the first chapter "If, if anyone claims to be without sin they're deceiving themselves but because of you know because of Jesus the penalty For our sin, all our sin has been dealt with in his death. And the grip that sin had on you and I is gone. But we can still choose to sin. So as as I live out my life, I'm faced with my sin. I'm faced with my inability to love God for who he really is. I'm faced with the desire for me to live life in my own strength and not his. And I'm brought to a place where I realise I need to turn away from that and trust that Jesus has done it all for me and that he is a better way. That's the Christian life. See, it's not about becoming less and less dependent on God, but actually realising day by day just how dependent we are on him. I'm going to use an illustration here. See, when I got married, I, I was... I was expecting Jodie to be out in children's work this morning, and she's not, so I haven't asked her permission to do this, because I thought if she's out there, it doesn't matter. When I got married, on our wedding day, I turned away from my life as a single man. Okay? That's what I said on my, on my wedding day, my wedding vows. I'm, I, I'm, I'm turning away from that life. I'm turning away from all those, all those bad habits, that, that sing, single lifestyle, all those bad habits that I'd picked up I'm turning away from them, from doing whatever I pleased, whatever I wanted, and I'm joining with you in marriage. That's what... <laughs> I'm turning away from all bad habits. I'm turning away from the fact that cleaning the house is only important when your parents are visiting. I lived with other single guys when I was a student. You know, one of, our, one, of, one of our housemates used to clean his mountain bike in the bath. <laughs> I tell you, that stopped when he got married. <laughs> do you know... But sometimes, do you know, sometimes I find I go back to them. Sometimes I think about just myself. I may not help out around the house or... I may do things that I'm not really taking account of Jodie's feelings or her opinion. I'm just kind of going it, I'm going it alone almost. I'm a single guy again. You know, those things don't change the fact that I'm married. No, I'm married, but but, but, but just because of that, I don't say, well, well, I got married 13 years ago. I don't, need, I don't need to change now. Actually, I can just do what I like now. I don't have to change. You'll just have to live with it. No, no, I find I have to turn away again. I find I have to remind myself of the reality of married life, the reality of life as it is now. I know it's a silly example. Bad, men's bad habits aren't that bad, let's be honest. They're not, they are not as serious as the sin of disobeying God of offending God but I hope it makes a point all of life is repentance and faith okay repentance and faith highlight how we think about God what do I mean by that well you know you can be repentant for all sorts of different reasons you can be repentant because you're sorry for the consequences that your sin has caused I can be sorry that I've shouted at a friend and he's got upset and taken his games console home. And actually, I'm upset. I'm, 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 I'm sorry because I really wanted to play FIFA this afternoon. Um, but I'm not really sorry for what I've done. I'm just sorry for the consequences of, of what's happened. I can be sorry for being caught, being caught out. I've been caught stealing money, but really, I'm only sorry because I've been caught. You know, sometimes the same can be true with God. We feel we should be repentant, not because of the actual sin, but rather because we don't like the consequences of it, or because that sin is now suddenly in the open. And so we can feel sorry, but that's not godly sorrow. Look, this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See, worldly sorrow just brings remorse. It it brings a sense of regret. It brings brings no real sense of wanting to change. Listen, when you are aware of something that's damaging your relationship with God... Let the reason be, because you, you're aware that you've offended. You've grieved this God. This, you, you've grieved this one who sent his son for you, who gave himself for you. You're aware of what it has meant to him. That's godly repentance. See, Paul writes in Romans, in the second chapter of Romans, he says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. See, when our view of God is like he's some kind of mean headmaster that's just waiting for us to do something wrong, so he can say, look, I knew it, how useless you are, how you always let me down, you better repent or you're going to get it. Do you know, when that's our view of God, that will produce shallow repentance out of fear. But when we see the kindness of our loving God in that when we sin, he says, do you know, the punishment for your sin, for that disobedience, that was taken by me through Christ on the cross. Do you know, it makes us want to turn from that wrong and turn to him. His kindness leads us to repentance. Do you know, if you you struggle with pride, If you often find yourself wanting to earn God's favour through your good life, through your good works, do you know, repentance is hard. Repentance will be bitter. You'll want to avoid it at all costs because it highlights your weaknesses. It highlights your failures. But when we realise that in Christ we will never be rejected, He will never forsake us, never leave us. Do you know, it makes repentance sweet. It does. Not always easy, but sweet. So I'm able to repent because I'm more and more wanting to turn to the things. I'm I'm wanting to turn from the things that I know don't line up with the accepted me now. And I'm wanting to turn to Jesus because he's the reason I'm accepted. Listen, if that's you this morning, if you know, do you know, I just know there's pride in me and, and it, it makes repentance so bitter, so difficult. Do you know, he wants you to sense the sweetness of turning away from what not, what's not good for you and trusting in him. So the same can be said for faith as well. Faith isn't some kind of blind faith thing. Uh, it isn't some kind of, I just muster up enough faith. I hope my football team do better this season. If, I can muster, if all of us can muster up enough faith, it'll be the case. But as Raj said in our worship, faith is about the object. It's about who it's on. It's about putting it in a person. Biblical faith is trust in Jesus, in his life, his death, his resurrection turn from my sin and I turn to him. I put my trust in him. So that's what Levi was doing in this passage. He's following Jesus, turning to trust in Jesus. One Bible commentator says, you know, for Levi, choosing to leave his tax collecting job and to follow Jesus was a kind of like... For the fishermen, they could probably go back to fishing afterwards if everything didn't work out. For Levi he wouldn't have been able to go back to tax collecting. He would not have been able to get back in with his tax collecting friends, back into that place um, of authority. He's really putting his trust, I'm putting my trust in this man, this Jesus who claimed to be more than just a good teacher, who claimed to be more than just a prophet or a dynamic leader, who claimed to be god in the flesh who who said if you've seen me you've seen the father who said if you're weary and burdened he didn't say if you're weary and burdened come to find god he said if you're weary and burdened come to me and i'll give you rest we're called to put our trust in him and finally repentance and faith are powerful So what's uh, what's Levi's response to following Jesus? He invites Jesus to his house. He throws a big party and loads of people come. He invites his tax collector friends. He invites um, other people that religious um, uh, leaders would have looked down on. He's gone from taking people's money to actually spending his money on others. And now he wants others to meet this Jesus that he's met. See, repentance and faith, they change us. They change our thoughts. They they change our attitudes to others. Repentance and faith change our priorities. See, perhaps you remember becoming a Christian, and you remember when you became a Christian, and uh, maybe people said, oh, something's changed in you. You're different. You're not so angry anymore, or or you're really more interested in others. And sometimes you don't notice it. I haven't noticed I've changed, but others do. And they see this change in you. Repentance and faith are powerful. There's such a release in coming to Jesus when we realise our identity is not in what we can do for God, how we can prove ourselves to God, but rather in what he has done for us. It transforms our thinking. It transforms our priorities. Now, I want to serve others. Now, I want want others to know this Jesus. There's something incredibly powerful about repentance and faith. That's how change happens in the Christian life. See, if if I'm aware I've spoken in an unkind or unfair way about someone, do you know, I repent like this. I remember... The free grace of Jesus. That, do you know, his words to me are always upbuilding, they're sometimes challenging, but they're never to put me down. And I remember that at the cross, he endured not just unkind, unfair words, <clears throat> but physical violence and even death for me, so that I'd go free so that he'd take the punishment that I deserved. And do you know me? Do you know, when I'm faced with this love, it changes me. It changes you. And I realise he's called me to be, and called you to be more and more like him in my life. That's godly repentance and faith. So how do I want us to finish this morning? How should we respond? See, being a Christian isn't just knowing facts about Jesus it isn't about knowing facts about Christianity it's not about the place you go on a Sunday morning, it's about knowing Jesus you can know him the Bible says he's not dead he's not in a grave in the Middle East he's alive today ruling and reigning in heaven right now and it's about choosing to trust him. And it starts with repentance and faith. Hey, if you've never done that, we'd love to talk with you. In fact, as we pray, I'm going to um, just lead in a prayer. And you can, you can echo that in your heart this morning, if you've never done that. But for all of us, actually, life is about repentance and faith. Are you trying to earn favour through your performance? Are you, are you aware of wrong actions in your life or, or wrong behaviours or wrong thoughts that you just need to bring to Jesus and say, Look, I'm, I'm, I know this isn't what you'd have for me. I'm I'm repenting. I'm having a change of mind. I'm turning to you. Do you, are you in a place where you you just think, actually, I, I don't, I'm not sure God can deal with this situation I'm going through. Look, this morning, he's calling you to repent, calling you to turn from not trusting in him towards him to trusting in him. And I'm trusting you now in that situation. I'm going to trust you in that situation that you know what you're doing, that you're powerful to be with me, that you won't leave or forsake me. Let's pray. Let's stand.